In this week's message, we see that there are several lessons we can learn from the life of Abraham as we journey by faith into God's promises. This message highlights some of the important lessons. In our journey of faith, we must remember that we are a people in covenant with God and God is completely committed to us. He will not fail on his side of the covenant. Stay tuned for more. If you have your Bible, please Turn with me to Proverbs 18, verse 21. Uh, We're going to read a scripture and then stand up and make our declaration this morning. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. You know, there are certain principles that God has set in place in the world that he created. Uh, There are principles in the natural realm. There are principles in the spiritual realm. uh, There are principles that that affect the different realms that we walk in. One of the principles that God has said is the power of our words, the words we speak. It's a principle, something that you and I need to live by, understand, and operate by. And what he says is that the words we speak are very powerful. Death and life are in the power of our tongue in the words we speak. So that's dynamite, right? Imagine the words we speak. He's saying death and life are in, the power of death and life are in those words. So we should not use our words lightly. Because there's death and the power of death and life are in those words, in the power of the tongue. What we must understand is that we define the world in which we live in by the words we release into it. You define the world in which you live in by the words that you release into it because death and life, the power of death and life are in the power of your tongue and your words. So the simple encouragement here this morning is for us to speak life Speak blessing, speak what would build, what would edify, because that's what you want to create in your worlds. Amen? So every morning, every Sunday morning, when we come together, we train ourselves to speak and declare what God has said about us. So let's stand up to our feet this morning, please. If you have your Bible, just hold it up high up in the air. If you have your Bible on your phone, you can hold up your phone, whatever. Say this out loud, bold, and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ. A channel of his blessing. To many people, I receive his word. I believe his word. And I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. May be seated, please. All right, let's pray and we get into God's word together. Father, we just bow before you. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts, that you will minister to each one. 
here this morning, God. Bring healing into our lives. Bring strength into our lives. Equip us that we may be a blessing, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. This morning we are concluding our series on the life of Abraham. Uh, The last three Sundays, uh, or the previous two Sundays, we've been talking about the life of Abraham. We talked about how he began his journey, how he answered the call of God on his life. Last Sunday, we talked about um, his journey into the promise, what happened in that journey. And today, we will look at the last phase of his life and what God did in that aspect of his, that part of his life and what we can learn. And I'm just calling it greater faith, uh, just as we see what God did in Abraham's life. So, we, you know, Abraham came to this place of great faith in God that we find written for us in Romans chapter 4. Uh, verses 17 to 21, how he believed God and uh, he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith and he gave glory to God, uh, being fully assured that, the, that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. So he came to this place of great faith, but he didn't arrive there overnight. He journeyed there. Yeah, God took him through that journey. He made several mistakes along the way and finally he arrived at that place where he could have this Wonderful faith in God. When you read Romans 4, 17 to 21, you think like, wow, this man was just the best. But really, he didn't hap- it didn't happen overnight. He journeyed into that place of faith. So we pick up in Genesis 21, uh, where uh, in verses 1 to 8, you read about uh, the excitement in Abraham's home. Isaac is born. The promised son arrives. And we'll just read those few verses there in Genesis 21, verses 1 to 8. It says... And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. God has a sense of humor, right? God has made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. So there was celebration in Abraham's home. Isaac had come. Isaac simply means laughter. So I assume there was you know, great laughter, a lot of rejoicing there in that home and, and, and celebration. And uh, the child grows. He grows into a young man. And when you move into chapter 22, Genesis 22, verses 1, 2, and 3. We don't know for sure what Isaac's age was at this time. Now, he was a young man, so he could have been in his mid-twenties, maybe late-twenties or early-thirties, somewhere there. A young man. And at this time, God comes to Abraham and tells him to do something that Abraham did not expect. So here's something we must keep in mind. Just because you arrive into your dream, into your destiny, into your promise, it does not mean God's finished with you. Amen? So you think like, wow, you know, this was my dream. I stepped into it. Look, it's happening. Okay, God, 
thank you. I'll see you when I get heaven. You know, it's not like that. God still has more to work in our lives, more that He wants to do. So even though Abraham received Isaac as a promise, there was still more that God wanted to work in his life. And so God comes to Abraham in Genesis 22, verses 1, 2, and 3. He says, Abraham, the Bible says in verse 1, Genesis 22, verse 1, that God tested Abraham. Now, some of us don't like that. It's a stumbling block, a rock of offense you know, for some of us. I mean, why would God test somebody? Here's a simple thing. Every test is only an invitation for promotion. Every test is only an invitation for promotion. The test is not intended to put you down saying you're such a useless fellow. No. The test is to put a seal, a mark of approval on you saying you've arrived, you've, you've, you've matured at this level, now let's go to the next. Why do you write your final exams at the end of 8th grade? Not because the school wants, to rem- wants you to remain in 8th grade. They want you to move on to the ninth. But before that, they just want to have something that certifies that yes, you've learned everything you're supposed to learn at that grade. Amen? So when somebody says, God's testing me, just say, man, congratulations. Well, you're ready for promotion. You're ready to move to the next level. Just pass the test and you'll be up. Just pass the test. You go to the next level. So when the Bible says God came to test Abraham, don't take it in, in a negative sense. God is just coming to say, Abraham, uh, you, you've got all this promise in your life. Now I want to move you to the next level. I want you to, you've, 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 you're here in faith. I want to take you to greater faith. Amen? So God tells Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son Isaac. Go to the land of Moriah. Go to one of the mountains, which I will show you once you're on your journey. I'll tell you which mountain to go to. And there, offer your son, your son Isaac, as a sacrifice. Now, God was testing. It was not like God wanted to, you know, him to murder his son. He was just putting a test. And uh, the beautiful thing is this. We see that Abraham didn't try to bargain with God. God, how about a hundred sheep instead of Isaac? Or maybe a thousand sheep. You know, no bargaining with God. He just gets up and he goes. The land of Moriah is the land right around Jerusalem. There were three major mountain ranges. The Mount Gishon was the highest peak which we know as Calvary. Uh, where the Lord Jesus was crucified. And so most people believe that the Lord probably led Abraham to that highest peak there. So we know what happens in Genesis 22. Abraham comes to the foot of the mount. He tells the servant, all of you stay here. Me and my son, we will go up to the mountain, we will worship God, and we will come back to you. So he was expecting to come back with Isaac. Because God had so many times reiterated to Abraham, it's Isaac who's going to be your descendant. So Abraham knew, that's settled. So I go up to there, offer Isaac, and come down with Ishmael. No. (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. Because Abraham tried bargaining with God, sometime back in Genesis 15, how about blessing Ishmael? And God said, no, it's Isaac, it's Isaac, it's Isaac. So now Abraham knows this is Isaac. So even if I go up there and offer him as a sacrifice, I'm coming back with Isaac. God emphasized that. He stated that. So that's his faith. His faith is settled. So he goes up to the mount. And, and, and you know what happens. He lays the young man on the altar. He's about 
to bring the knife down, God speaks to him and says, Stop. I've seen your obedience. I need to share some things with you. It's at that moment, first of all, Abraham receives the greatest revelation of God that he ever experienced at that time. He gets to know God as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides. The Lord who will see to it. God provides a a ram in place of Isaac. He offers uh, 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 the ram there. And he is, in a a, a very powerful way, speaking prophetically about the provision of Jesus Christ as the sacrifice the Lord will provide. The second thing is God releases a blessing, reaffirms his blessing on Abraham. You look at it and uh, it's a great lesson for us to learn. I want to bring out three main points here uh, for us to take away from a, this, this whole last phase of Abraham's life. First, in Abraham doing what he did, he made one of his greatest demonstrations of faith in God. Probably even greater than believing for Isaac. Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, And he who received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said, in Isaac his seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. From which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham's faith in God was so strong. He said, God even if I offer up Isaac, I know you will raise him back from the dead. That was his faith. And so here he demonstrates in his act of obedience. It's probably one of his greatest demonstrations of faith. Listen. It takes faith to journey into the promise of God for your life. But also takes faith, probably greater faith, to stay true to God once you received the promise. Amen? It takes faith to stay true to God. Our devotion... And our commitment is always to the promise giver and not just to the promise. Abraham didn't hold on to the promise. Isaac, no. His devotion and commitment was to the promise giver, not to the promise. Yes, we have to be committed to the promise in order to see it fulfilled in our lives. Whatever God has spoken to you, for you. God said, I'm, I'm going to do this in your life. Be committed to the promise. But your devotion and commitment is to the promise giver and not just to the promise. So you can hold on to the promise, but your greater level of devotion and commitment is to the promise giver. It takes faith to receive from God what he has promised to you. But also takes faith to release to God what he has given to you. Amen? Yes, you need faith to receive from God what he's promised to you. But also takes faith for you to release to God what he has given to you. Simple example. This morning, when all of us made an offering, what did we do? We released to God what he has given to us. And you could have kept it in your pocket and said, God, I need it more than you. But regardless of what your situation was today, you still chose to release to God what he gave to you. It was an act of faith. Because in doing that, you didn't say, you know, I'm so many rupees less. 
You only saw it as I'm becoming richer. Because what I give to God always comes back to me multiplied. What leaves my hand does not leave my life. It's only invested into my future. Amen? So you gave by faith. That's just one example. But in our journey with God, there are so many other things where God calls us to by faith release to Him. So we need to know areas in our life where by faith we are going to receive from Him. But we also need to know areas in our lives where by faith we are releasing to Him. It takes faith to release to God. Something is already put for you, given to you. Amen? And that's what Abraham teaches us here. That because he is the father of faith and we are called to follow his example. The second thing we learn from Abraham's life is this. That in his moment of great obedience, Abraham received one of his greatest revelations of God. As we mentioned earlier. At the altar, where he was about to offer Isaac, he received one of his greatest revelations. God revealed to him as Jehovah Jireh. At that place of great obedience. What can we take away? That obedience is the place of divine revelation. Every time you come into a place of obedience, you are going to receive a greater revelation of God. Jesus put it like this in John the 14th chapter, the 21st verse. He said, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And, what does it say? Manifest myself to him. If you love me, keep my commandments, what will happen? Father will love you, I love you. And what will happen? We will reveal, we will manifest ourselves. I will manifest myself to such a person. Obedience leads or brings greater revelation of God. Do you want to know God more? Grow in obedience. So pastor, I've been reading every book you've written, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so revelation, you know, you can read books and get revelation. That's, that's, that's good. But really, God's looking for obedience in your life because it's a place of obedience that brings revelation. Where in your heart, you know who he is. Oh. I understand something about God I never understood before when I took the step of obedience. So you want to journey more and more into God where he manifests more and more of himself to you? Then grow in obedience. And it's a simple thing. To the extent that you know him, to only to that extent you can make him known. So the greater you grow in your revelation of God, the greater revelation of God people will see in you and through your life. So grow in your journey of obedience to God so that he can manifest more of himself to you. The other thing we see is also that obedience is an expression of our relationship with God. Jesus put it like this in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Or in John 15, 14, he said, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now you and I, for us, obedience can come out of servitude. Ah, I'm just a servant to God, so I'll do it. Or it can come out of a relationship of love and friendship. 
Obedience can come out of servitude or it can come out of a relationship. And Jesus invites us to obey because of love and friendship. Because you love him, because he's your friends, obey. Not because oh, he's my master. Oh man, if I don't do it, I'm going to get those spankings, you know. <laughs> no. Obey, not out of servitude, but out of love. If you love me, keep my command. You are my friends if you do what I tell you. Obedience, therefore, is an expression of our relationship with him. You love him. He's your friend. You do what he says. So each time as we walk in obedience, we're actually taking our relationship to deeper levels. And this is what happened to Abraham at Mount in, 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 in Moriah. In James chapter 2, verses 21 to 23, here's what the Bible says. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? So he's talking about his work of obedience when he was offering Isaac on the altar. Saying, look, something happened when Abraham worked out or acted out his obedience. Do you see that faith which was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. So what happened? When he acted in obedience, uh, two things, verse, verse 22 says, by works, that is by his obedience, faith was made perfect. Faith grew to a greater level. The word perfect there simply means mature. His faith came to a place of maturity. It came to a greater place. But what took faith there? His work of obedience. If you want want your faith to go to a greater level, obedience takes you there. Obeying what God is speaking to you in your life. Takes your faith to a place of maturity. And that act of obedience brought Abraham into this place where he was not just known as a father of faith. But now God says he's a friend of God. He's my friend. Obedience takes you to a deeper level in your relationship with God. Last thing I want to bring out here is this. That is obedience brought blessing and authority. You know when Abraham did this and God stayed him and And God began to reiterate his promise. And he repeated everything he had spoken several times before. But he added a new dimension to his promise to Abraham. You read that in Genesis 22, verses 16 to 18. Here's what it says. And God said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So God is reiterating the entirety of his promise that he repeated many, many times to Abraham. He says, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars uh, in the heaven, as the sand of the seashore, in, in you, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But he also adds one more aspect to his promise. Can you see that there? What is it? Which he never told him before. Your seed, your descendants will possess the gate of their 
It's a term to say that they will be in a place of dominion and authority. Your seed will possess the gate of their enemies. The gates always represented the decision making place. It represented the place that will determine entry and exit from the city. It represented the place where of legislation, where disputes were resolved. It was a place where the rulers sat. So he's saying, that's where your descendants are going to sit. They will have control over their enemies. Authority. So what do we learn? You see, he never gave that promise to Abraham until he came to this point in his journey with God. Obedience not only brings blessing, but it leads us into a place of dominion and authority in God. To the extent that I submit myself to him, to that extent I can release his authority here on earth. To the extent that he reigns in me, to that extent he can reign through me. The Bible says submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Uh, my ability to resist the devil is in direct proportion to my submission to God. I would be foolish in trying to resist the devil if I'm not in submission, first of all, to God. Because authority is always related, related to my submission to God, to the source of my authority. So obedience takes us into that place, not only of blessing, but of authority. So tell your neighbor, obedience is just a great way to live. Just walking in obedience to what God is speaking to you at any given moment. In conclusion, just look at the highlights of Abraham's life. We see that Abraham is called the Hebrew. This is in Genesis 14, 13, meaning from the other side. He's this outsider who comes in. He crosses over and he comes in. He's the Hebrew. But then in his journey, we see him as a worshiper in the first few chapters, in 12, 13, 14. We see him as the worshiper. We talked about it in the very first message. We see him as the intercessor in the 18th chapter. He's interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah and praying and saying, God, would you not spare that city even if you find a few righteous men? And God calls him a prophet in Genesis 20. Abraham, the prophet. Then we see him as the father of faith. He enters into that promise and he receives the promise. Romans 4, 11 and 12 calls him the father of faith. But didn't stop there. We see him becoming a friend of God. Because of what he did in Genesis 22. With James 2 says, Abraham, the friend of God. So our invitation in this journey with God into his promise is not only an invitation to see the promise fulfilled, But it's an invitation to actually become friends of God. People who have that level of relationship with God. It's more than your dream. It's more than your destiny. It's about you and God. Your relationship with Him. Amen? Let's stand to our feet, please. Call our worship team up. I just request us to please take a few moments just to pray and And just respond to God and to his word. And what God has spoken to you this morning. Be looking at the life of Abraham. And saying, God, what can we learn from this man's life? As he journeyed with you. Just an ordinary man. But he moved from being Abraham the Hebrew, the outsider who came in. To being a worshiper of God. An intercessor. A prophet. The father of faith. And the friend of God. The ultimate step. From moving from faith 
to greater faith was a step of obedience. Where his commitment and his devotion was to the promise giver and not just to the promise. And God invites us to a lifestyle of obedience. Doing what he says in his written word and what he speaks to you by his spirit. Because this obedience is a place of revelation where you are really going to get to know God more intimately. Obedience is that place of relationship, of deepening relationship with God. It's an expression of your love and friendship with God. And obedience is a place where His blessing and authority crowns your life. Would you stay obedient to Him, His Word, His written Word? Would you stay obedient to what He's speaking to you by His Spirit? Please take this few moments just to respond to God and pray. Whatever the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart, would you pray?
just take a moment right now just to pray for our own homes for our own families I God told Abraham Abraham through you all families of the earth will be blessed and I understand he means all people groups all, all kinds but I also just feel this morning that we just need to pray for our families one of the blessings, one of the things God spoke about Abraham in Genesis 18, God said, For I know I have known him that he may command his children after him. Many times the reason God calls us is because he wants us to guide our families in the ways of the Lord. God says, I, I contacted Abraham because I know that he will guide his children in the ways of the Lord. I have known him. Because I know that he will order his children in the ways of the Lord. I want us to pray for families right now. Would you pray for your family? Those of you who are married, just pray for your home. Just consecrate your home right now before God. Say, God, I consecrate my family, my children to you. I consecrate my home to you. I want this blessing of Abraham to touch my home, my family. I want me and my house to be a family that walks in the way of the Lord. God said, I have known him because he would order his children after him in the ways of the Lord. Right now, just pray. Just consecrate your home, your family to the Lord. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just pray for every family, every household represented here, God. We pray your kingdom come. We pray your will be established, God, in each home. That every household here will serve the Lord. Them, their children, their children's children will serve the Lord. We consecrate these homes in the name of Jesus and we say devil you have no place no access and no claim to our households in the name of Jesus Christ this is kingdom ground his righteousness peace and joy will prevail in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we just thank you God we thank you. And Father, we pray that every family, every household will just be a channel of your blessing.
oh God. The way you raised up, the way you raised up Abraham to be a blessing. Let every household here be a channel of your blessing. Let's raise up sons and daughters and would honor God and just be his vehicles in this in this world. His instruments in this world. That every household here will be a channel of your blessing. Thank you, Father. Amen. Are you glad you came this morning? Amen. Continue the journey with God. Move on to greater levels of faith in God. Let's close. Thank you, Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. And the constant fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with each one of us today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy your lunch. Enjoy your week. God bless. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.